Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, podcast where two comedians talk like experts on subjects they're not experts on. Joined by Jordan. Uh, my name is Neil. Uh, we have subscriptions available, neilcohacker.com slash podcasts. All revenue from subscriptions goes straight towards charity. Jordan is currently doing a tour. Where are you off to next? Adelaide. Yeah, sweet. I think that's the next one. The city of churches and murders. How ironic. And, uh, yeah, also the city of uh, more grills than there are in Sydney, I reckon, per capita. And that's all my observations about it. You can there see There are my a lot of grills in Adelaide. <laughs> Grilled is great. They've got good burgers. Yeah. How do you make a successful chain um, when it's just uh, food that's already been popularized? So burger joints have already been around for ages. Mm-hmm. Or pizza places have been around for a long time. So how do you how do you make a successful chain when you're just repackaging burgers or pizzas? What do you have to do? What's the marketing genius behind grill? The whole thing is healthy burgers. They just say that. Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, that's that's what I think when I hear grilled. Oh, of course. I never thought about burgers. it deeply. It's probably right. not even that healthy. Yeah, I don't verify that. See, this is the real hey, problem. You're right. Look, TV that- told me it was healthy. It must be healthy. Yeah. Uh. I think they got in trouble, not for health, but something else a few years back. Maybe not paying their staff or something like that. And they have that real uh, visage of like, we look after people. <laughs> They're the Ellen DeGeneres of burger joints. Yeah, they are. Holy hell. Yeah, they really changed the the facade of a burger joint, didn't they? Because when you think burger joint, you used to think it was always big someone, you know, like Big Al, Big, <laughs> yeah. big, big Rex. Yeah. You couldn't have... A diminutive man making burgers. No. <laughs> skinny. John's burgers. No, I'm not going there. <laughs> Slim Tim's burgers. Oh, I'm not going there. Yeah, no. I want a fat, a fat hairy cunt yeah. making my burgers. Yeah. <laughs> Obese Larry's. Yeah, you're right. That'd be sick. <laughs> In but... a sweaty singlet. I do not want a healthy looking fit man making me a greasy beef burger. Oh, my God. So, grilled is, if you've been conditioned to like burgers from all the advertising of McDonald's as a kid, but then you watched a lot of Instagram and got into active wear, grilled is for you. That's what they're hitting. Well, it worked. I love it. <laughs> it's great. And they give you those bottle caps to, to give to charity, which are, I don't know how much of it actually goes to charity. That's a good, it's a good thing. It's, it's, that's definitely unique. There's no other chain that does that. Especially with the bottle caps. <laughs> you know, there's always one charity that hardly has any, and I just feel bad for that charity. Mm, yeah. It's usually yeah. some ridiculous charity. Is it? Yeah. Well, I why think I sort of remember some sort of system, someone telling me about that before. Oh, isn't that weird? There's a charity market. So charities have to have a team saying, well, how do we get more donations than the other? We, we, we're helping kids with leukemia. They're helping kids with brain cancer. We've got to mm. get more of the donations. Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. Imagine that sketch. The ch- the charity marketing guy. Well, that's a legitimate job. That's <laughs> right. Like, and they do out. have a need. I suppose because it's you're, just you're it, it's a weapon. It's a, being in marketing, but you're marketing charity. Uh, so yeah, you, that's the whole thing. <laughs> and you meet those people, and they would be those fuckheads that are just being like, yeah, I'm just gonna start using. I feel like I've you know, done too much bad for the world, so I'm just going to cleanse my soul here for a bit. <laughs> I spent 20 years. But then years. also it's 20 grand less, so I'm going back <laughs> in. 
I spent 20 years marketing uh, clothes that were made by slave labor. So now I'm, I want to feel better about myself. Yeah. I want to get more Go to the uh, body shop. More bottle caps into this charity. Yeah, look. No offense to anyone who's in charity marketing. I'm sure you're a wonderful person, actually. I'm not sure if you're a wonderful person. You're doing, coincidentally, a wonderful thing. Yeah. Well, you've, you've found a way to utilize what could be your Machiavellian sign towards something good. Or maybe it's that you couldn't get another job. We'll never know. Maybe. I mean, to be fair, at the top of this podcast, I did, I did just market charity. So tell me if I've got talent. Are there, are there marketing talent scouts going through pod, trawling through podcasts? Yeah, that guy. That guy seems like a cunt. <laughs> Even in my last podcast with Eliza, I talked about how I don't like people in marketing. Damn, I'm really going hard at the marketing people. But I don't does think anyone? I don't think they lose. Have you heard um, Bill Hicks' joke on that? That's just yeah. classic. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> I can't do it justice, but um, he just talks about how he hates people in marketing and then and he's like, oh, I know what the people in marketing are thinking. Oh, Bill, he's going for that anti-marketing dollar. Mm. <laughs> God, that was accurate. <laughs> this is such a good joke. Really, yeah. That, just it's amazing. That joke is sort of... Expectations. It's more relevant now, if anything. More relevant now and one of the few jokes in history that isn't just forgotten. That's Oh, that's a dream, isn't it? To have a, a joke that lasts in the same way a memorable poem or a, or a book would last. A, a joke that withstands the test of time. Actually, joke isn't the right word. Bit. Yeah, bit joke. Well, yeah, I think they... That's what you're looking there for. There. It's a poem. Context. Yeah, that's yeah. the poem version of it. So yeah, the rhyme would be the joke, but yeah, that's what happened there. Yeah, he is a, he's a wordsmith, but I think that what really makes those jokes, st- sorry, bits stick through time. Uh, is that they've uncovered a truth that no one's really thought of before. Uh, they've uncovered a truth that no one has articulated in such a poignant way. Yeah. Because yeah, they've, they've yeah. probably thought of that before, but it hasn't been articulated in a way that is maybe uh, combining various similarities of some other entity and and making it funny. I'm obsessed with those sorts of jokes, the sort of analogous analogous jokes where they'll... It's simile jokes, really. Being in the marketing little wane of like jokes, being yeah. In market, being in charity marketing is like being in... Uh, um, is like nursing the Nazis or something like that. I don't know, but that's a really bad example. But you know, you, you're you're making comparisons there where uh, it's the way I'm compartmentalizing that is okay. The 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 juxtaposition of the the ethical part of the job and then the unethical part of the job, and then trying to figure out something else where that same combination exists. Hmm. Well, that's a, that's, that's that kind of the basis of jokes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Every joke is that. It is really. Oh, not all of them, but you reckon like some of well, the Bill Hicks joke. That's not. He's not making a connection to anything else there. 
he's just taking it to yeah you're right he's, he's just mocking hyperbolic. yeah and it, and it's but then again is it a joke it's a, it's a joke yeah is it i think it's a joke because like okay doing an impression it's of someone bit. isn't a joke it's funny. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's a stand-up bit. I don't, whatever you want to call it. But uh, it's almost a pullback and reveal there. Not quite. It's a more complex pullback and reveal. Because he's he... setting you up saying this is what marketers are like. And then he then actually reveals the punchline, which is the marketing person observing him doing the marketing bit. It's really it's, – it's clever. It's simple, yet it's so clever. Yeah, it's clever, but I think the function that's actually making you laugh at that is that it's just insulting. That's pretty much it. It's, it's, it's just really offensive to if you're two marketers, I suppose. Insulting in an accurate way, though. It's uh, yeah, like it's uh, insulting with a good cause. Yes, it's 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 truth in punching, whether it's punching up or down. That's subjective, but. But there's definitely a punch there. there I suppose is. there is a punch in every joke, though, isn't yeah. there? There's, that's something that I really can't escape. Punches. There, there's no joke that doesn't have a punch in it. I guess that's why it's called that's the punchline. Yeah, punchline, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I, I really can't think. There's not one that isn't. Degree, yeah. yeah. Hmm. But anyway. Great joke. Uh, and, and grilled. Adelaide. There you go. Got sidetracked there. Jordan, got shows in Adelaide. Uh, are you just touring now permanently? Pretty much. I like that idea. I, I don't know why comedians have to have this sort of set period. This is when I this tour. This is my season. I'm going to, I think I'm just going to say, you know, every second Saturday I'll go somewhere and do a show mm. so I can get in a routine. Um, mm. I wanted to talk about, you know what? Before we get into that, we've got another question. And this one is from Peter. Hi, Neil and Jordan. I am a recent physics graduate and I'm in something of a I'm in something of a crisis of choice where I'm unsure as to how I should pursue my interests. I have a deep interest for politics, partially ignited by Jordan, but I think it runs deeper as both parents have held roles in public service and I see myself in them to an extent. However, I see that the most good for the world can be delivered through science, and I still have a great love of it. Although I'm unsure if I have the necessary intelligence to pursue such a career, as it took me a whole extra year to finish my degree and my grades and GPA were dog shit. I suppose I just don't know what to pursue with my life, and I don't know how to figure out which pursuit is better oriented to me. I do want to say thank you, though. Uh, as a result of the self-help, I've been in a much better position. I'm currently halfway through reading my second book, and am four kilometers away from completing a half marathon. Kind regards, Peter. Good on you, Petey. Congratulations on the half marathon. Yeah. And you finished the degree, so congratulations. Yeah. But I think... uh, mm. Go. It's always the same when someone writes this. They just want someone to affirm what they clearly think. He wants to be a scientist, doesn't he? No, I don't think he wants to be... I thought he wanted to be... Fuck, maybe he's wrong then. I thought he wanted to be a politician. No, he says he, I, he has a deep interest in politics, but he thinks the world, m- more good for the world can be delivered through science. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Like, logically, he thinks it. But I think that if you listen to what he's saying after it, that he needed an extra year to finish it 
and that his marks in it were shit. Mm. He's clearly not ignited by it. Actually, okay, that's, that's what I'm point. saying. That's Actually, a fair point. Look, you can look at it both ways, but what I'm saying is viscerally, and this is the thing that is going to keep you going through the night, is are you actually passionate about it? Yeah. And yes, science, I agree, the most noble profession on earth. There is nothing that is more of a tragedy than the fact that scientists aren't the billionaires of the planet. I know, charity marketers, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, getting people to know about it. Um but <laughs> charity marketers. Oh, my God. It's such a. Because it's not even that bad. It's probably. I know, but that's what's annoying it. about it. Because yeah. it's like, I know you're a cunt. I know it. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I think that. I think. It's conundrum. You under. Yeah, look, they are. It's cool that you understand that. But the fact that you do understand that and you are thinking about going into politics. Uh, it's probably a good person to have in politics. You can combine both your uh, love for science as an entity that can better the world and your talent and connections with politics by becoming a politician that then puts more funding into science. Yep. That's, that's your point. life's mission to get as much funding into science as you possibly can. That could be more effectively done through the public sector, and you're then you are making the world a better place through science because you're pushing more resources towards science. So that seems like a great option that fulfills both of his. Yeah, that's exactly you're right. That's exactly what you should be aiming to do. I uh, have a video coming out that will crush all of your dreams and aspirations, but uh, maybe just skip that one. And, uh, yeah, chin up, pal. Um, just do, do what Neil says. That would be really good in an ideal world. I've just got a thing just about, like, how much they've completely gutted the public sector. But um, it's still that same thing that I'm always saying is, uh, look, anyone who gets involved in politics who thinks things like that, that's, that's a win. At some point in your career you will have the position to do something of value and note. And yeah, as Neil says, that's a great that's a great person to have there. Yeah, that's really who you want in politics, not what do they say? Politics is Hollywood for ugly people. And mm. Australian politics is Hollywood for really ugly people. Yes, it is. So well, you're not, I don't know. You're not after I, the I would have gone Natasha Stott Despoir, but anyway. I don't even know who that is. She was like the head of the Australian Democrats. She's probably like 60 years old now, but back in the day. What a fuck. But they're rare, obviously. You have to really stretch back to <laughs> the 90s for someone to be attractive. There's really none. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's none. Male or female. I, there's none. Who would you rather go, Pauline Hanson or Jackie Lambie? <laughs> <laughs> Probably have to maybe be Jackie. Maybe there's like it? a maybe Pauline deep down has a fetish for Middle Eastern looking men. Maybe because it's so well that that is, there's a psychology for se of sexual desire where what we perceive as wrong and taboo, we sort of subconsciously somehow re-coordinate that and it turns into a sexual desire. Yeah, that's why that so many of those right. anti-gay politicians are caught sucking. 
Wait, wait, so you're not even putting aesthetics into it at all. You're just saying, thinking about who would be better in bed. That is amazing because that's exactly what I was thinking about that question as well. It's like I wasn't really – at that point, you're not really looking at looks. You're just like, yeah, yeah who could suck it better, you know? Like, that's, <laughs> that's all you're thinking about. And I just think because of how gravelly Jackie Lambie's voice is, it's probably Jackie. <laughs> what did I have? I had a joke that uh, was <laughs> deeply problematic. Um, I was talking about one of Trump's daughters and – what was my, my joke or something? It was like, I'll be the one brown man that uh, will be allowed to come inside or something. And I was making a reference to, you know, his Muslim ban or whatever. Mm. So I think just, just for that, I'd probably go Pauline. <laughs> I reckon the dirty talk would be mad. And I'll just, I'm not even a Muslim, but I'll be like, you fucking like that Muslim dick? You like that halal dick, huh? Tell me, I charge goes so hard with that. All right, to, 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 to get into, you're gonna have to put on a character. <laughs> <laughs> you have sex with Pauline Hanson. You kind of have to be doing an impression. Yeah, <laughs> I could even turn me on. Just <laughs> yeah, it's my country Instant now, bitch. Like, yeah, play. just full on <laughs> turn so- everything against her. Yeah, look, it is. Yeah, it's. You know what? It's very strange that as soon as you start thinking about that, everything gets like very dark. That's weird, isn't it? Like, if you're thinking about celebrities that you want to have sex with, yeah, you're not just thinking like. You're not thinking like, okay, I'd have to put on an impression. Like, it'll have to be dirty. Uh, who, who's got though. the gravelier voice? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I reckon most people would just be like, yeah, that one. Wait, which one? Which one? What? I reckon most people wouldn't analyze it to that extent. Oh, uh, yeah. You're probably right. Like, just me being like, mm, how can I make this uh, interesting for me? <laughs> What's the main difference in their political ethos? Is just one more nationalistic than the other? Jackie isn't independent, isn't she now? Is she in the Senate or the House? Senate. Hmm. And she's- All of the wackos are in the Senate. Hmm. Um, so she's a Tasmanian. Yeah, I know she's Tasmanian. That's pretty much it. She, Her angle pretty much is- oh, I'm a Tasmanian. Oh, Tasmanian. Yeah. Okay. And and Pauline Hanses is, I'm Australian. <laughs> and that that's a fair divide. Yeah. People from Tasmania shouldn't- They should be their own state. New Zealand should be our Tasmania, and Tasmania should be New Zealand. Imagine that. It'd be horrible for the Tasmanians. It'd be much poorer than what it is now. One yeah. of their biggest employers is Centrelink, as in... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's logging and then unemployed people. they got to evolve. Uh, I don't know what industries. you could do. I don't know what. And they're, you- <laughs> they're overrepresented in in parliament because they have six senators for a population that's markedly smaller, <laughs> no. than, and yet they still can't get some. <laughs> some what are you doing, Jackie? <sighs> Fight for the Tasmanians. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure there'd be more people in the ACT than Tasmania for sure, right? I don't know. It's such a Sydney conversation. Well, what's, the, re- what's the rest of Australia like? <laughs> the ACT has two senators, right? The territories get two senators, if I 
remember my uh, year nine Australian politics. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember it as well. I don't even fucking know. I think that's right. So, ACC would have two senators. And you'd just be representing politicians by that point, wouldn't you? If you're if you're the government representative of the ACT, you're probably mostly representing people who whose taxes are kind of from other people's taxes that are going to your income. I don't know. I just <laughs> thought about the income there. I don't know why. That is what's happening. It's a weird thing, right? Yeah. Anyway. But back to this question, um, yeah, get into the public service. That's where, if that's where your talent and passion is, you want to go for passion. I would even go for passion over talent because if you're passionate about something, you can continually update and increase your skills. I think that really people are always... You keep talking. They're always of this opinion that uh, passion and talent are different. I think that if you're passionate about something, you probably are talented in it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be passionate about it because you wouldn't be you wouldn't be interested enough in it mm. to be passionate. I know a lot of people who are passionate about the arts who aren't particularly talented. Well, that caves that theory then. Because you're right. As soon as I thought about that, it's like, yeah. But no, you know what else as well? I don't think that they're actually passionate. All right. I'll give you the example of actors. Mm. I know a lot of actors that are very passionate about watching Netflix. They're very passionate about knowing all of the stats and figures of other actors. Mm, They're They're not very passionate about about learning about Stanislavski's methods and if that's a guy, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's a playwright. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Look, he's not my area. Yeah, he's a classic. He's the first you learn in year 11 drama. Uh, a lot of, I was about to say, there's a lot of passionate sport fans that would not be able to run for more than 20 metres. Yeah. I love that. Especially at footy matches and, and UFC fights. There's just always really fat guys. Mm. Like, oh, fucking soft. I know. You could not last more than a minute of jogging. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> He's fucking soft, this kind of fucking girls. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, you need a bra for your D cups, bro. Yeah, exactly. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're like God, very soft. close to death, and not because of age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is. It's so that that really sums up an NRL crowd, doesn't it? Bunch of fat cunts watching a bunch of fit cunts. <laughs> Isn't that every sport now? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Why isn't like obese obese women are very? It seems like they're insecure and they're like, oh, I want to feel beautiful, big as beautiful, and obese men are just angry as fuck. No, they're either really angry or they're really jolly. Mm. <laughs> There's no in between. Mm. Nothing nicer than a jolly fat man, is there? Mm. Mm. So lovable. Mm. They're on the same Maybe thing Buddha as- didn't even have a philosophy. He was just fat. really fat and, and, and lovely. And people were like, yeah, I like that guy. Yeah. What was he going to say? Yeah. Um, uh, find peace. Now, can, <laughs> I have, can I have food? I don't know. Don't you think there's, there's probably the divide is 
fat guys that are jolly, uh, they're kind of just very comfortable with life. And then they just look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, <laughs> I'm fat and get on with their day. Whereas like, they think angry people would be, they're the ones that are comfort eating their entire life. They're eating to hide something. Whereas uh, okay. people that are like jolly, just like everything and therefore like food. Mm, so the, f- the, the fatness didn't cause the happiness. They were just naturally happy Naturally people. happy people. So happy that they just couldn't, be fucked couldn't stop eating. That actually does describe a lot of happy people that I know. It's not necessarily that they're fat. It's just that- They love food. They're indulgent people. Mm. Well, food's great, man. Yeah. Can't deny that. Yeah. Anything that kind of like titillates the senses, they're into it. But yeah. Wait, what did you want to talk about? I wanted to talk about... Do, have we... Yeah, we've. I think we've adequately answered this one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Go into politics. Go now, now stop wasting our time. Go into no. politics. <laughs> and fight for science. Do it, man. And physics is hard. So if you... Look, if you... Struggled through a physics degree. I'm sure you'd probably be all right in a biology degree. Again, I'm, I'm, no offense to someone who's done biology. But Having said that, come on. Yeah. We, we all know what the tier is. Politics is lower than biology, but biology is lower than physics. Everything's lower than physics. Everything's lower than physics. Everything. What, the, what is quantum mechanics? I've got no idea. Um, and I'm into space. But I wanted to talk about... How do you know when you're out of touch? Or how do you know if you're in a bubble? How, how can you be aware of these sorts of things? I'm just looking at some of the celebrities of yesteryear and, and just seeing them now struggling on social media, attempting to stay relevant. They felt righteous on their high horse when Trump was in office, thinking that their platform could be used to bring down the Change maniac. Change the and, world. And now I think they're having an existential crisis, starting to realize that they contributed to this thing called cancel culture, and it's now coming for them, because now all of them, people who participated in it, are criticizing it. Mm, for fuck's sake, really? Really hypocritical here, yeah. Who? Just all of them now. They're all have some variation of, ah, this woke thing has gone too far. Cancel culture has gone too far. And just can't help but think this is the monster you helped create. Mm. Every time you outrage tweeted at Trump or anything like that, this is your monster. Mm. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. But And I'm very glad that it's come to bite them in the ass as well. (laughs) Yeah, but look, I just don't want to be the angry, out-of-touch old guy complaining about the youth i want to stay it's not that i want to stay relevant and stay cool and hip but i want to stay in touch with the culture of younger generations you do because because the immediate impulse is always oh what the fuck is this they don't know what they're talking about they're dumb Mm. but really it's all very cyclical the older generation always thinks the younger generation is soft and then the younger generation's always calling the older generation out on their bullshit. It's not just a generational thing. It's also now just because of this whole transformation of, of the media. So many celebrities that, well, not even celebrities, just public figures that are now, they don't have the same enigma or even legacy about them that they did even five years ago. Yet they're still clinging on 
to that kingdom as it crumbles. So I just want to know, first of all, how do you know we're not out of touch? We're sitting here doing a podcast we're talking cool, right? about self-help, <laughs> right? I mean, is it just a matter of going around talking to as many different people from diverse sectors of society? And when I say diverse, I mean the proper usage of that word. Well, here's a good example. Who's somebody who has remained relevant? Who's someone that's kind of the closest thing from the opposite of the of out of touch? Transcended all the ever-changing fashions of mass media. Um, well, there's a few people there. Keanu Reeves came to mind for some reason because he became a meme. Um, but that's the whole thing. That just really means he's become a joke from a sort of format. This is such a Gary V thing to say, but you always have to be looking for the new thing. And it's not that you have to put all your eggs in that basket, but you have to know what maybe it is. put a few eggs in that basket. Because mm. in another five to ten years, there'll be a new thing. Mm. Whether it's a social media platform or a fashion trend or even an art form that has, that has newly emerged, that has emerged, you can't... You, the immediate impulse is always to be conservative, I think, especially for people who have had success previously. Because I was even watching, there was, it wasn't really controversy, but there was a slight, uh, there, was some, there was some smoke around Dave Chappelle on, on Joe Rogan's podcast. Joe Rogan was talking about what Andrew Schultz had been doing and how he had sort of been very innovative in during COVID while, oh, yeah. while live shows um, were banned. And then Dave, it came across a little bit dismissive. Again, as you know, as we know better than anyone, when you're on a three-hour bloody long podcast, you can't be too pedantic about the way people say things. I know, exactly. It's a three-hour bloody long yeah. conversation. But, but um, no, I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the yelling at the clouds. The bitter old man that thinks the world has passed him by. And I just want to make sure, I don't think I'm getting to that point or anything, but I want to make sure, I want to maybe have some strategies in place to ensure that that doesn't occur. It's not, it's not a need to stay popular, but it's just a, you don't want to be forgotten either. So I guess it is, maybe, to some degree. I've never really. It's not. It's not celebrity status that you, you want to you maintain. You know what? Actually, it's just it's it's your the relevancy of your voice. That's what I want to maintain. Oh well, if that's the case, that's a completely different story. That's not maintaining relevance. You don't get that. In fact, you talking about Dave Chappelle just sprung to mind. You kind of become classic. Uh huh. You become a mainstay. In whatever game you're playing. In fact, actually, you might have not even become a classic. You'd become a legend, hmm. which is what Dave Chappelle became, I suppose, where... There just needs to be enough of a buzz about you. Like, like social media formats formulate themselves around Dave Chappelle, as in other people will make little TikTok clips of him or 
sure. get YouTube clips of him and put him there. Mm, mm. And it's because he's kind of made himself such an overused word, but he's made himself iconic. So there's no need to keep relevant anymore. I don't know, you know, to 15-year-olds. In another 10 years, though, you know, where's he going to... Okay, and I'm not just talking about relevancy within a given artistic or any, you know, career domain. Even something like being in a bubble, being in a cultural bubble, being out of touch. This is constantly leveled for... To any tribe in this modern culture war, oh, these people are out of touch. You know, cosmopolitan, middle-class people will say, oh, people in the country are so out of touch, so backward. They're so out of touch with modern cultural ideals. And then people maybe who live rurally or are just from more working-class backgrounds will say, oh, the liberal elites or the... You know, the latte-sipping elites. Mm. There are certain figures who can just transcend class division and cultural division and just be... Again, it's not about being liked, but be respected. Well, who's an example of that? Well, none of the Australian Prime Ministers now, but... No, but Keating actually is, now that I think about it. He definitely is one of those figures. People thought A lot of people thought he was arrogant, didn't they? Yes. That's what the polling said. They thought he was arrogant, but they respected him. Uh-huh. Maybe Bob Hall. Two different people things. People really liked... But he wasn't respected. He was loved. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. There's actually, the you know there. what? There's a difference there in that Bob Hawke is sort of... A legend. But Paul Keating is sort of mythical. Okay. <clears throat> He's another level that you see him in action and you realize, no, that guy's mm. that guy's way smarter than everyone else. And how did He's he way lose? more competent. Well, it's the same thing as always. The press turned on him. Okay. Hmm. But how big was that win by Howard? Was it? Yeah, it was a landslide. Mm. Um, it almost got out in the next one. I honestly think that if Keating stayed in and just stayed as opposition leader for a term, he would have won in 98 easily because King Beasley almost won. Mm. But if Ke- Keating was there just wiping the floor with him daily, there's not a chance. He's just another level. There's no one even close to him. It's just, I don't know, like Eminem in rap or something. There's no one there that's really is that, hitting is it. Is that your personal ideals of no. how a good politician should be or, or is, it a, is it a common opinion among the populace? I don't even know if it would be a common opinion in po- populace. Uh, no, I reckon, I reckon that if you ask the average person what they thought about Keating, they would probably say that. He was arrogant. But you'd also say, do you think he was intelligent? And they're just like, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Do you think he was competent? People would be like, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Do you think he was charismatic? Yeah. There'd be all of that. Okay. Depends he what did. you're focusing on at the time, but I think everybody had that. Came across that way. In fact, sure. it's something that the Murdoch press couldn't blunt, and so they use that now 
as a way of attacking modern day labor of saying like, oh, he's no Keating. He's no Keating. But no one's any Keating. <laughs> you know? There's, like a that, there's a difference between arrogance and, and pretentiousness. So I that's so the thing. Keating's arrogant. But he's earned the yes. And dude, think about it this way, right? This says everything you need to know. Keating has a biography written about him called The Big Picture Leader. He's got 20 or 30 biographies written about him. There's yeah. endless biographies written about Keating. Malcolm Turnbull has one autobiography that he titled A Big Picture Leader. You know, that's the difference between arrogance and pretentiousness. Okay. Like Keating, when he said, Are you ever going to do an autobiography? It was just like, the greats never write autobiographies. So I'm like, it's <laughs> a point. That what he like, said? Yeah, he's an <laughs> arrogant man. Yeah. You know? But it's something that's funny, you know. <laughs> but he's not pretentious. Yeah. Malcolm Turbull's pretentious. You're right. It's like that cocky funny, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a cut above the rest, and I think as a result of that, he sort of cut through in that oligarchs respected him uh, and the working class respected him. Mm. Everyone understood, this guy understands where the country should be going better than I do. It's so much more complex now than it was. I can only assume it was in years gone by because... There's so much cultural division. It's not just class division anymore. Because we live as a multicultural society, but it's actually not. That division isn't just based along racial and cultural lines. I think, as I've said in all the cultural podcasts, there's just so many different groups that you have to appease. If Whether you're being a politician or a public figure, whatever it is. And a lot of them, the the hatred, the intergroup hatred is so vicious that you almost can't be a universally respected figure. I don't think that you ever could be a universally respected figure in politics. It's too visceral. Mm. Like, it's definitely now... Uh, in fact, this is what you're talking about as well, like... People just create their own bubbles and because of the internet that has, this is such a standard point, but it's very true. It's been accentuated so much. Yeah. Uh, there is no such thing as a common space anymore, like yeah. A, yeah. a town centre. Hmm. That doesn't exist. Hmm. And you know what? I think that that's the best that you can hope for, man. Like really, Fine. there's no such thing as relevance. In fact- you had a very brief little transition moment of that uh, hmm. when Facebook came, when, like, Facebook was big enough that everyone was on it. You got your Australia in two minutes thing. Uh, that was seen as much as, like, a top-rated TV show, and you could see it that when people would come up to you, there would be people that were in their 60s or whatever that are just like, oh, yeah, you're the Australian two-minute guy. Mm. There was a moment where social media had sort of transferred over to television, but I suppose the same thing with marketers. They have teased out these bubbles more. There's more social media places. Like, there's... TikTok for young people. There's Facebook for old people. There's YouTube for 
men in their 20s and 30s. Mm. And within those groups, there are smaller smaller groups, subgroups as well. There's, you know, Reddit I, for the friendless. There's okay. everything. I guess you have to then not look at whatever ideas you're espousing, but really go back to base, uh, well, universal traits for base human interaction and what appeals to people and their reptilian brain. How do you engage with people on a very human level and not on a cultural level? I mean, I'm coming back to charisma, right? Yeah, you're coming back to charisma. what it is. Yeah. And not immediately. I think there's just... It's such a inherent tendency to immediately dismiss whatever the new thing is, whether it's the new fashion trend or platform or culture of the day. And ah, it's such a cliche, but, you know, when people say, oh, I, b- I bought these jeans and they're now out of fashion, but they'll eventually come back into fashion again. Trends are very cyclical. Culture is also cyclical to some degree. So if you just stick to your guns and and are reaffirmed in what you believe in, eventually that will pay dividends. So now that conservatism is almost counterculture in some respects, if you were a conservative through the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, you were the, just a total laughing stock when it came to, you know, the popular zeitgeist of the day. Whereas now, it's not as though they control that, but they definitely have a relevant voice there in their respective bubbles. I guess what I'm trying to say is How do you how do you how do you stay in touch? How do you make sure you're not just floating away into into the abyss while the rest of the population or at least a large sector of the population is going in an entire direction? So many people who live very different lives to I guess just the average person will always show moments where their point of differentiation comes out in a statement they say or something that they that they think is a popular opinion and they realize no it's just a very weird niche fringe radical view about something i think the first thing is just man i think you're just gonna have to come to peace with it there's no way out of that yeah i think you gotta just talk i think it's as simple as just talking to people that's a way out. Okay. True, like, but it's it's but not... different people, not just the people you usually converse with. <clears throat> people you probably don't want to converse with. There's probably the best people to talk to. You're right. But... So many people I don't want to fucking talk to, but and I yeah. avoid that. But yeah, it'd be good to talk to them. Maybe. I suppose the fact also, if if you wanted to make that your thing, you could in this day and age very easily. In fact, these cultural bubbles were not accessible in the past. But now, all you have to do, just like when I was saying, I was listening to this shit podcast the other day. Mm. That's another bubble. 
if I wanted to know more about that type of person, I would just have to spend some time in that bubble looking through that. But you naturally do that. You naturally look at little Instagram trends that are happening. Mm. Podcasts are actually a great insight into the depths of a different cultural world. Probably. It might be the same podcast that you were listening to, but it's it's two former... One of them's a former Bachelor contestant or something, and... Yeah, they just epitomize the, I guess, late twenties, mid thirties, uh, basic girl, uh, uh, boss girl. Boss girl. <laughs> some of it's really interesting. I don't know if it's the same bugger, but some of it I found very interesting, and it's just good to listen in to how people who you would otherwise think are very different to you actually how they think and how they talk. Maybe I should just do that. Maybe I should just start listening to... Because I always seek out podcasts that are, I feel invigorated by, that I guess they're intellectually nourishing. Uh, you know, I love Sam Harris. As I, also, I love Coleman Hughes. Andrew Sullivan's an, a guy now that I really like. They're all in that sort of anti-woke intellectual sphere. Um, but maybe I need to just really go and seek out worlds that I specifically try to avoid because I caricature them. You know what? I think you actually have cracked it. It is podcast. That's the way to do it because you are ju- you are listening to – that's amazing. You don't even have to have the conversation with the person. They're just having it for you. Mm-hmm. And when you can't stand it anymore, you can just press stop. That's a beautiful thing. That would be a really effective way for an outsider politician to make huge ground. Go on as many podcasts as you can – Find the big ones in each sector of society mm. for each cultural bubble mm. and, and just be chari- be as charismatic as you can. Obviously, have, you have your vision and set out your policy agenda. But people don't care about policy agenda. They just want, they want to know if that person speaks to them. Hey, I kind of like that person. That's really what you want to get out of it. Anyway, I'm not trying to be a politician, but... Well, that's exactly what Kevin Rudd did to get elected back when... Mm. But that's the whole thing now. That like talk shows and radio shows, though. But now I think it's podcasts. That's what you have to do. And it's it not would be some podcasts. cringy corporate is, is influence it? thing where like, oh, go and do a TikTok dance with Charlie D'Amelio that just obviously looks so forced. No, no, no. You want to get onto a podcast but but not have that politician veneer. Be yourself on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be the best. And the thing is also because most of the people that you are talking to wouldn't be versed in politics at all. Like you went on that Bachelor one, the only question they'd ask is something like, what do you think about the program? That'd be it. Be so easy to navigate that. You're not getting grilled for an hour. Uh-huh. It's most of the time they'd just be sitting there being like, do you have kids? Yeah, that's cool. Oh, they sound adorbs. <laughs> Mostly, <laughs> you hate. <laughs> I do. I really Jesus fucking Christ. hate them. Because you know what it was? It was just this for for a fucking you hour hate straight. Basic bitches. I hate them. They're just so hedonistic. It's just like everything in life is for me to consume. It's like I don't know if that's the case, dude. I think that you're just a waste of space and you're a waste of resources. <laughs> I will say this about uh, no one takes a joke like a like a basic white girl. I love it. I think they just secretly they they enjoy it because they're quite self aware as well. Really? 
Yeah, all the I uh, in 2019 I did a few white girl videos that went mega viral. I hadn't had a big viral video like that for a while, and they loved it. Actually, you I know, I wasn't what? coming from a place of like oh, I fucking hate these people. I was like, oh, these people are kind of annoying sometimes, which is a different, which is I think the right outlook to have to to make comedy that will then appeal to that subgroup as well. Whereas if you're coming from a place of like I fucking hate these people, that may appeal to other people who hate them, but they themselves won't get on board with it. Mm. Well, you know what, actually? That's kind of just the shortcut when it comes to making fun of anyone, though, isn't it? You can't... I can't think of a single subculture of person where I just like, you know what? I genuinely don't like you. Here's the reasons Mm. (laughs) that's going to appeal to that person. (coughs) I think, dude, you know what? I honestly didn't think that there was a solution to this at the end. Now I do. All right. Well, I'll try and do the ultra. Because, dude, I'll when I was listening back. to this, it's like, it was so retarded what they were talking about. It was like, <laughs> it was just. Are like, you sure you're coming from a place of they're annoying? No, I'm you not wanna, coming from a You want to kill them. I, I do want to. I, 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 I stayed here right now. Those people should not be alive. It was just like. An hour straight of like, I was watching this Instagram page and I'm talking about pixies. It's a whole thing on Instagram, pixies. Such an interesting world. It okay, doesn't okay. exist, you fucking idiot. Even hearing that, I'm, that hatred is bubbling up inside. Don't you think? It's just so dumb. Do you reckon- so dumb and selfish. <laughs> they just relate everything back to themselves. Anyway, sorry. Do you reckon they'd listen to our podcast and, and think the same way? No, you know what they'd say? Because this is the response that you always get. Heath Mane, it'd be a different thing. It wouldn't be, you're stupid- and you're a waste of space. It'd be like, you're an asshole. <laughs> Whoa. I'm waiting for this video series to come out. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm actually... The man is enraged. The body... I lost angry. But you know what the problem is with that? Don't you think if you went on a bunch of different podcasts... Like, dude, this is one of the biggest podcasts in Australia. Well, They're this. just not that big. Ours or the one you were listening Ours. to? Ours. It's not on any of the top 100 lists yet. Isn't it? I think your other one is on one of them. I don't know. but I. I no, I know the other I one is. I thought podcast. ours. Like, I swear I've seen ours on like the iTunes top Australian thing. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't look at any of that. But, oh, sick if it is. Thanks, guys. I don't know why. But there you go. Well, it's just because like... These things, the the YouTube audience is just one sector of it. That's the other thing that's really good about podcasts is because you can just chuck them out on five different pl- platforms, you know. Mm. But yeah, yeah, go on. No, you okay? No, you finish. Um, having said that, though, you're right. Like, if you just And then I was just thinking was- about this. Sorry, I just have to. I just had to add this. Why the fuck are lads so big at the moment? Yeah, they had a resurgence recently. I don't know why. Yeah. I, maybe the, the, the new that kind of new Aussie drill rap put them back out there. But they were always around. Oh, when did they start becoming a thing? I don't even know. They've always been around, but that's... I don't know. Because they were the big thing when I was in high school as well. And now, you know, 12 years later, people are like, oh, issues. Yeah. They're still there. 
It's really weird. There's like 40-year-old Eshes now. Yeah, but that's like 50-year-olds who still are into, you know, gothic punk or whatever. You're kind of like, ugh. You did not grow out of that phase. <laughs> Actually, dude, I yes, you don't grow out of that phase, but something that I've been saying a lot recently. I think that a 15-year-old lad is the scum of the earth, but like a 30-year-old lad are the nicest people. It's really strange. Maybe it's just like being a butcher. They just got out all their aggression and now they've got nothing but love left. Maybe. I don't know. Wow, but there's like a new age uh, hippie lad. There's a hippie <laughs> lad. You know what the transition is? It goes from They're iced out. give me a ciggy to do you want a ciggy? I think it's just as soon as they get enough money to offer you a cigarette, they become a good person. You're not wrong, eh? They're not wrong. Yeah, all right. Well, I take back what I said about them being cringy. Good on no, you. No, it's still 40, pathetic because they're still walking around in clothes that fifteen-year-olds are walking it's around in. The fashion. In, that's it's, it, the, the fashion. The demeanor is great, but the fashion. <laughs> so I'm just thinking. I was just thinking about this podcasting thing now. If you, if you just did an interview tour, if you will, you found a manager and you said, "Go and book me on a bunch of different podcasts. I already have a following. Do a crossover." Make them as different to my audience as possible. Find 10 podcasts. I'm just going to chat. If I had some sort of core message that I thought would really engage their viewers um, for them to get me on board. Because the thing with, it, well, not just social media, any sort of media, it's it's repetition. You can't, if you're, if you appear once on a, whether it was a talk show 15 years ago or it's a podcast now, unless you're really outstanding, people will forget about you unless you're a regular guest. Mm. Oh, that guy remember me. Oh, that was funny that time. Well, you know, you know what? I think Osher Gunsberg does, does that. He just goes like on a out of the blue. Podcasts. He just got like I just got this thing the other day. I've been like, "Hey, do you want to interview Osher Gunsberg from from like a manager?" They must have just sent it out to everybody. And it was just like, I, I don't think you watch my content, but like, you should do it. Yeah, I why he wants to. Yeah, that's really that's bizarre. What does he? What more? Everyone knows him. But that's probably what he's picked up on is that the reason that everyone knows him is because he was working the old network and now he has to find a new network. Do you think he has political aspirations? I hope not. Because <laughs> the, the guy he did Australian Idol with ran as a independent in some seat. A yeah, few years ago. that was very embarrassing. That's, yeah, look. I feel like whenever celebrities go into politics, they just say... Because they've been so used to images, everything, that mentality. And then they go in with just inane platitudes delivered brilliantly. But I still remember when, um, what's his name? Secular Talk broke down The Rock talking about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It was just all nonsensical platitudes of like, we've got to find a way to... um, See the beauty in America again and bring people together. And Carl's always like, What are your fucking policies, man? Like, it's just. I remember that. It's so funny. And I never, you know what? Before social media, I probably would have heard a charismatic speaker elucidate various platitudes and think, Wow. That's very insightful. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you'd never think that. To stop and and ask, hang on a minute, 
what's their actual agenda? <laughs> mm, 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 mm. <laughs> so bizarre. Well, that's the whole thing. If you're going for something like president, you actually should just be saying platitudes. I, I went down that Kyle Kalinske rabbit hole of like, you're not seeing any policy at all. But think about it. If you're trying to speak to 300 million people. Yeah. Oh, I understand why they're doing it now. But, and also because a lot of the policies may, uh, for, for, for some percentage of the population, I'd love them. And then a certain sector would really detest them. So you just want to get that same vibe about you. Yeah, that guy seems nice. She seems nice. That's mm. really all you want. Mm, mm, so why mm. is Osho? That's that's so interesting. Well, you know enough. what he is. If you host the Bachelor, you're big enough. Everyone knows you. What do you need? What more do you need to? I guess what you what you want, I guess maybe, is to transition from just the run of the mill TV personality, which who people like but aren't in love with on a deeper level. And then by doing a bunch of podcasts, people get to see a depth to you that. Otherwise, wouldn't be visible in mainstream media. So he's doing something. He's clearly maybe he has a book coming out. Maybe there's some sort of other arm to his career that he's trying to initiate. Otherwise, I don't see. I just don't know why he'd be because he's got public. Everyone knows him. He's not. It's not like it's not like. Okay, if one of us, where we've got a core audience, but, you know, still a large majority of the population probably wouldn't know who we are. If we did 20 of the biggest podcasts in Australia each, representing a different sector of society, you know, one where it's two late 20s basic white girls chatting about relationships, one AFL podcast, one is a... Farming podcast, I don't fucking know. I'm just speaking spe- yeah, here. But yeah, yeah. Then suddenly, and if you make a, a decent impression on all those podcasts, then suddenly, it's not that everyone only, it's not only that everyone knows you, but but they know you on a on a more visceral, personal level, because hopefully you've been able to show a side of yourself on the podcast that is alluring to a certain to a certain extent. Yes, that would eventually happen, but I think it was how Steve Martin was describing being on The Tonight Show, which is that you don't get famous from doing The Tonight Show once. You get Mm. somewhat recognizable doing The Tonight Show 12 times. That's exactly it. What you'd have to do then, (laughs) if I were putting my manager hat on, even though they're total middlemen, Ah, uh, find maybe four or five podcasts that represent a certain, that represent diverse sectors of society, and say, "Hey, here's try to negotiate some sort of deal where you have a client of some sort, whether it's comedian, politician, whatever. Give them a regular spot of just five minutes every three or four weeks, where they show their strengths and somehow do some cross." Promotion and cross-pollinate the audiences so there's an advantage for you guys as well. And then a few months later, you've made a greater impact on each of their respective audiences. Yep. 
That would be the way to do it. That is how it would be done. But it would be very hard to get a, a, a substantial podcast to agree to give you a five-minute segment every every couple of weeks. Not a segment, maybe, you know, a five-minute chat where you bring in some... If it is a relationship podcast, you come in with a different point of view or some sort of... The, the trends of Tinder, I'm totally just... I don't even know what I'm talking about here, but... It would be a very hard sell, but if you could somehow manage to swindle your way into a handful of the largest podcasts in a country on a regular basis. What are the largest podcasts money. in this country? That's, Who that's knows? That's a good question, isn't it? You know, there's God, the, the there's bubbles the are iTunes. so separated. Yeah, aren't they? It, the, the, there's the iTunes charts, uh, but a lot of them are American or you know, global podcasts. So yeah, because the number at- one trending podcast in Australia is the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, so exactly. So you have to look. I think Hamish and Andy still have a really big one. Um, I think the one you're talking about, the one with those, but I forget what it's called, but theirs is really big now. Um, I'm sure now even older generations are getting into podcasting, so... Uh, I'm sure there'd be some there for them. I don't know. That's a good question. What are the biggest podcasts in Australia? And the beauty of these um, atomized cultural bubbles, if there is any beauty is that if you do say something that could be at odds with the ethos of a different cultural bubble on a podcast that only goes out to a given audience, there's be less likely that there would be any controversy. You know, you wouldn't even get cancelled or something. I don't think so because it's just on a podcast. It would sit there, sure, but... Unless you then say something that pushes you over the brink and then, you know, those trolls try and find everything you've ever said. So if you were really Machiavellian, you could think about, oh, this is the sort of persona I'm going to give off on this podcast to this audience. This is the persona I'll give off to the, you know, on the footy podcast. This is the one I'd give off on the conservation podcast, whatever it may be. Well, that's Jordan Peterson in a nutshell. He's really good at doing that. He's good at tailoring his message to the audience that he's speaking to. You think so? Yeah, well, he's a psychologist. He understands mm. what people are thinking and what's going to, you know, get his message out the best way that he can. Like, Jordan Peterson on Fox News is very different to Jordan Peterson on the ABC. That's a very good point. There's, if you're trying to articulate, I guess, an anti work sentiment. Everyone agrees with you throughout society. It's just to what degree and, and, and how that's conceptualized in their respective bubble. So if you're on Fox News in America, you've got to be that strong man kind of character. Of, They're too soft now. The youth has gone soft. This is what the liberals want or whatever, you know, some something along those lines. And then... If you're in a relationshipy, new age, you know, 28-something, upper-class white girl, basic bitch podcast, you're like, look, the, the, the energy that this gives off is extremely negative. We're not for 
We've lost the ability to forgive, judging people on their worst mistakes. So it's true. just Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get up in the morning, I'm sure you can't relate. I'm not my best self. Those things. What if that was what I was known for? The first five minutes of my day. Mm. Oh my god, I had a bit of British nightmare. You know, we've all said <laughs> horrible things in our life. We've all been mean. <laughs> so true, dude. So good. And it's the same thing. It's just amazing that when you start looking at these bubbles and these perspectives, even us saying that is just like, oh, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> but then that guy Fox News just saying like, hey, this is a problem with the youth of today. They don't have military school anymore. It's like, damn right. Yeah. Someone should have forced me to go into the Navy. <laughs> Yeah. I wonder what people think differently about this podcast and the Sex Sales podcast. I've seen a few comments here and there, but well, it is just a very is different difference? dynamic. It is a different dynamic. And I'm not well, putting I'm not putting anything, I'm not faking anything, but you know, when you're chatting to one of the boys, you're gonna be different to when you're chatting to one of the girls. One of the girls. I don't know. I just it's just a different thing. Well, what do they say is the difference between you in both of those situations? Uh I had a fr- my friend said once I'm less likely to disagree as strongly with Eliza, and it's mm-hmm. often a lot, a lot more of a civil conversation that we have. Not that we butt heads. Well, not frequently anyway. And then when we do, it's a pretty civil disagreement. But I guess be more willing to just be firmer with my point, maybe. But even then, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's more just the themes we talk about. It's obviously focused on relationships. So naturally, the vibe of the conversation is going to be different anyway. No, but we talk about relationships sometimes. We do. That's true. I guess we are coming at it from similar-ish realities to her and myself. That was a big reason I started that podcast. It was like, all right, here's someone from a, well, ostensibly a different world, a different cultural bubble. Do you think she and is? Let's, no, not that. No, see, yeah, once you actually talk so to either. people that you think are really different, they're, people aren't that different at the end of the day. What a cringy thing to say. We're all human. I really do. Come on, come but on. But it's true. If you were doing this podcast with one of the chicks from The Bachelor, I really don't think you'd be saying that. Like What? That we're all human? I mean, we all are all human. But there's a lot more collagen in that human. They're just such worse... Pe- like, they're not Eliza. Let's say that. Yeah, she's they're just, not. She's they're they're, yeah, they're yeah. fucked. Okay. You yeah. know? <laughs> God, you, you hate them. God, I love this. Are you going to do another... Are you going to roast The Bachelor again when it comes yeah, out? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the bread and butter, man. Yeah, it's funny I didn't stuff. know it was actually coming back. I thought that that was well, the end of it. Well, they got two diverse contestants this year. They got the bachelor. The, the bachelorette is uh, uh, indigenous and bisexual, so tick, ticking all the boxes. That is ticking all the boxes. She's very attractive, though. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's a big step up from last year. You heard it here first, folks. You're going to be in Daily Mail. What? Jordan insults the the, the appearance of a woman who's on a show about appearances. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was hot water last year. Everyone was just saying like, oh, they're not even hot. And everyone was like, what did you just show? <laughs> Facts. They're not that hot. Wait, Remember, which- they were just like, ooh, they're twins. I was like, yeah, but like, I, that's I don't half it. of the fantasy that guys have. <laughs> I mean, I didn't... Um- I'm sure this will shock people. I'm not a I'm not a big bachelor and bachelorette viewer. Until they're on Instagram. And then you start getting more acquainted with them. Damn, that's the whole thing. It's just like, dude, mainstream television is dead to you. In fact, yeah. the only time I've ever seen your TV on, you were watching YouTube on it. Yeah. I don't Amazing. I, it, is, it is it is quite literally dead. I know I do watch the <laughs> I watch the footy. When it's on Channel 9. Even then, the Fox Sports coverage is way better. Every <laughs> footy fan will say that. Because <laughs> the Channel 9 commenters, I love them, but they're getting a bit senile, let's be honest. Are they? They're just, yeah, they're getting a bit older. Do you think... Because uh, I know nothing about sports, but I'm very interested in people that do know things about sports. Mm-hmm. Do you think that those commentators are smarter than the average person? Yeah. That's what I think too. Because I, I, I don't really know. It's kind of all just psycho babble to me. But like, it seems like Definitely. they're like extremely knowledgeable. They're extremely literally on the ball. Yeah. Like, because it's a, it's, it, well, it, one, it's a fast paced game, but they're constantly having to adapt and they've had to memorize, obviously, the team sheet and everything. And, yeah, when you when you start off in the lower grades commentating, it'll be a lot harder because these aren't household names. You've got to actually memorize all these names. And now all the names are like long as fuck Islander names. <laughs> that, <you know. laughs> Good luck being a commentator for like third tier rugby league. Oh, man. Yeah, like. I definitely think that. Everyone, everyone smarter who, than the average. That's what I, I keep hearing this over and over again from Aussies. Every single one of them is just like, "Yeah, Sturlo, Sturlo's a genius." Well, he actually did do a law degree, I think. Did he? I think so. Don't quote me on that, but I think he actually is quite an educated man, which you wouldn't expect from rugby league. You wouldn't expect it, but everyone says it. Peter Sterling is quite articulate. Right. Mm. Even in his analysis, there's like a marked difference between Sterlo and Fatty Vorton. Who's <laughs> funny, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sure Brad Fittler, like, like they're all, they're not what you'd expect. They're not meatheads at all. Not the commentators. The ones who actually, I, I think the ones who have longevity in the game don't, are not the stereotype of the meathead trying to root every single girl. Maybe they were in their 20s, but. Bradfield is a vegan, does yoga. Andrew Johns was talking about all these books that he's read. I, I mean, they're not the, the stereotype at all. No, well, I mean, Andrew Johns still definitely gets on the pit. That's half the fun of watching his commentary and his analysis. It's just him talking about like the game and then the drunken antics or hinting at them because he can't actually say it. Oh, really? Yeah, That's I love amazing. that guy. He's so funny. He's, he's always, and he's he'll just like raise eyebrows at these other guys and he's, he's, a, fun, he's a funny guy. Um, what about rabbits? Yeah, that guy, it, he, he is the voice of the game. But he is the voice of the he's game. He's getting 
I think he needs to retire. I think he needs to hang up the the microphone. Getting to be binding. Me. He's still on the ball. I don't know if he does all the games anymore. He he. When it comes to Origin, he'll probably be there. Um, the new guy, Matt Thompson, seems to be the new main caller. There was Andrew Voss, but then there was some controversy with his like. He got. There was a there was a statue of I think it was Wally Lewis or something, and Andrew Voss said, "Oh, it doesn't even look like him." And then the guy who had pushed to have that statue erected got really triggered and, and fired him. Or something. It just, Are you it was joking? so petty. It was something Fuck. like that. I don't know what it was exactly, but he's good. He's on Fox Sports, I think. Anyway, if you're not from New South Wales or Queensland or a rugby league fan, probably rolling your eyes right now, but. It's the best football code of them all. It is the best football code of them all. Get it in ya. Yeah, look, Get I'm it sorry. If this is not just because I'm coming from New South Wales. I really don't have a dog in this fight. AFL is lame. It really is. It's like so wussy. <laughs> <laughs> it is a religion down there, man. They love it. I know, but like, dude, if Waleed Ali likes your sport, it's girly and lame. <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> who likes NRL? What celebrity goes for it? Me, probably Tim Bailey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what what have we sure got? Be, look, anyone from Queensland would be probably be a Broncos fan. Um, who's who's a, who's a yeah, fucking... who's like a diehard? Oh well, Russell. Oh wait a minute. Obviously, yeah, Russell. Russell look at it. Russell Crowe or Waleed Ali? That's what you've got. <laughs> And who likes rugby union? I don't know if I don't know. Hugh Jackman went to a private school, probably a union guy. Probably. He looks like a union guy too, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't know what the Hemsworth Crow. brothers they definitely look like they they would have played football, but I reckon they'd be into union. No, I don't they've got a weird childhood where they, I think their parents were hippies and they travelled all around Australia or something. Mm. And that's also likely they do like Byron a lot. I don't know. Who else is there? Yeah, that's a good point. Who's a diehard league fan? Not many. No, I'm sure there are. I just can't. <laughs> you think that they'd cut to them like you always cut into like ludicrous at like basketball games? Scomo. Yeah, all the politicians are into it, but that's oh, I think purely on, an surely. image thing. Yeah, I think. I genuinely do think that Albo's into it, though. That guy loves that game too much, you know? Yeah, same as Scott Morrison is just way too enthralled by just just the side of a shark's jersey. That guy just creams his pants. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Australian when he won the election, the guy's like... Oh, so what's the plan tomorrow? He's like, oh, well, got, probably got church in the morning and then the Sharks are playing the, the Yeah, Eagles. I know. Bro, I you know. just got the most powerful position in the country. Don't you have some work to do? Postponed COVID so you could go to a Sharks Don't you planning match? to do? I know. Oh, no, nope, Sharks come first. Jesus Christ. But the thing is, some people would like that. Yes, they oh, would. Oh, he's a man of the people. Look, all right, you could be a man of the people but still do some work. What are you doing? You just won the election. Like, surely the first thing you do is, all right, let's let's get together with the other high-ranking ministers and plan out the next week. 
No, that's no. Let's the, have a piss up at the Sharks game. Yeah. Oh, only, only in Australia. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, he is a particularly lazy politician. God. That one. That cunt goes on a lot of vacations. Like, well, you know, move. He moved around COVID. He postponed the lockdown by a few days so he could go to a Sharks match. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> So people could have potentially died. Yeah. He's, he's such a lazy cunt. Like, that's the things, that, and it's always those two things. Vacations, doesn't matter. Bushfires will be like, no, I'm supposed to go on vacation now. Yeah, but you're the prime minister. No, it's it's December, I'm going. It's like that, and then there's the, the sharks things. It's just mm. so typical of his character. Yeah, it's kind of what you said a few years ago, and I've always remembered this, it's, it's, it's Abbott had a vision. Whether you whether you liked him or not, he clearly had principles and he had a vision. Even Turnbull, to a degree, had a bit... I get the sense he had a bit more of a vision, although I don't know if you'd agree with that. But I, what is Scott Morrison's whole... How does he even see the country in 10 years? He doesn't. What is, what is... If you asked him that question, what would he say? I genuinely don't know. His whole shtick is just... Ah, g'day, I love the Sharks. And he, and he won an election on that. I don't know what, what is the messaging of his, it, we're not Labor. That, the mess, yeah, no, that, that was definitely that. Like they were running, they were running an opposition campaign. What's, what's really the message of him? Uh, Daggy dad or whatever. Daggy dad. You know a country's in a good position when, oh, yeah, Daggy Dad could lead 25 million people. Yeah, it's weird. But, see, that's the whole thing. Again, he's going for the familiarity thing. Mm. Does work. But that's the whole thing, dude. Like, he's he's a deeply shallow man. It's really a mark in this nation's history that until him, everyone... Like it's it's, this, it's like what we started this podcast with. I can't think of anyone more fucked to be running a country than a marketer. Like it's just <laughs> such a yeah. vacuous, evil job. Well, His whole circle. job <laughs> is image. Yeah, we come full <laughs> circle. But that's the whole thing, man. Like it's that. just yeah. yeah. Look, Tony Abbott wanted to become a monk. How much more noble is a monk than a marketer? Like, think about the sacrifice you have to give up to be a monk. The one thing that is in the back of your head at every moment, sex. Hmm. That's gone for life. You're giving that up. That's a man of principles. <laughs> oh, they're going to they're gonna cut that out of context and it's going to go viral on Twitter again. Good. I hope it does. Hey, sex negative. I hate that phrase. Sorry, I'm just thinking Sex about that podcast negative. again. Oh, it's hilarious. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening to that uh, strange diatribe. Went on a few tangents there. Uh, Neilkohaka.com slash podcast. Let us know whether if you if you know of a podcast that you think is distinct to a new cultural bubble, send it through. I'll, I'll give it a listen. And see me live if you're in Sydney, neilandfriends.com. Go see Jordan live when he hits your town. Yeah, but make sure that you write those uh, podcasts down in the comments. I would be very interested in looking at that. Because I think that, God, what a lazy, easy way to stay in touch. 
Anyway. Yeah, have a chat. Yeah. Jeez. All right. See you. See you around.